log, star date 7403.6. pretending to do a captain's log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vendorian doctor. A uh, shapeshifter? Ah, boo. Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years! Time to take this puppy off its leash! Warp me! Hello, interwebs, and welcome to the Drawn to Trek podcast. I am your intrepid? Intrepid? You know, I probably shouldn't go with intrepid because that's like an actual Star Trek title sort of thing <laughs> but regardless <laughs> i am your i am your host jesse gender uh and we're here to talk about the latest episode of star trek lower decks season two episode three mugado gumadu mugado gamadu gumudu sure all of those yeah <laughs> <laughs> well uh before we get too much further i should introduce my my co-host the lovely aaron harvey thank you very much uh yeah no it's um i'm just trying to figure out how to pronounce uh, any of our names at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arun Hur- yeah, we did, I think we did that last time too. It's like, it's yep, yep. gender, gender, we only have one joke, mender. Yeah, we only have. <laughs> really, we're just very clever, and we only have one joke, mm-hmm. and and we'll just run it into the ground. So yeah. Oh, so we're Saturday Night Live. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ex- <laughs> Ooh, burn. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. There's probably something more more repetitive than that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. This is this is where we're gonna get all our hot takes out. We're gonna air all yeah. our grievances. Suck at SNL. This is the this is this has now become the Suck at SNL podcast. <laughs> That's what happens when you have uh, improvisers who have their own opinions. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep, yep. Oh, God, yeah, I stopped watching SNL a long time ago. But... I know I'm bad about ending scenes, so I shouldn't complain. But I feels like Saturday Night Live always has the skit that's like, oh, that's funny. And it was funny 10 minutes ago when you should have stopped. You know, <laughs> just like, they just don't know how to end. It just kind of peters off or it just goes on way too long. Like me. Yeah. So I'll be quiet now. I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're talking to the gal who has like 40 minute long videos every week where like a 10 minute video will do. So I can't complain about not knowing where to end things. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, welcome, welcome to my neurodivergent brain where, like, I have to, whenever I think about something, I need to, like, express every single thought I ever had mm-hmm. on that subject, so. <laughs> I feel like I have to, like, take a journey to get to the point. So it's like I'm going through yeah. all the different touchstones and, like, and you have to come along with me when I do that. <laughs> yep. We'll get there, but we're going to make 10 stops and get some ice cream along the way. <laughs> but that, that's what makes us, that's us. That's why people listen to us. I hope <laughs> honestly that makes us that's what makes us trekkies really yes. i mean that's the true start i mean look at rutherford rutherford basically does that in two so very true yeah cool well speaking speaking of rutherford mm-hmm. let's actually talk about what we're here <laughs> for instead of our hot snl takes <laughs> our um, mugato gamato mugato gamato gamudu you say gamato i say mugato didn't we say. actually have <laughs> we were gonna do that we had a song and that was well, that was one of those in mm-hmm. there oh yeah yeah 
Um, well, I stole it from my my. You haven't seen it yet, but my actual review of the episode on my YouTube channel starts off with that. So ah, uh, okay. You know, I stole it. It's fine. It's fine. I I'm a ripoff person. It's fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we're here. To, like I said, to talk yep. about the third. Or sorry, is this the no? This is the fourth episode. Sorry. Uh, oh yes, I just didn't change the, um, the graphic. Sorry about that. Yes, it is the fourth episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, we, this is the fourth episode of season two of Star Trek Lower Decks. Mugatu, Gumatu, as best as I can pronounce it. Um, I'm trying to think the best way to start off of this episode. This episode is, uh, kind of more of a Star Trek The Original Series reference one, because the basic plot is we have a planet where there's a bunch of the Mugatos, the aliens from Star Trek The Original Series, uh, Private Little War, uh, hanging out, and they shouldn't be there. So the Cerritos is sent on a mission to figure out what the hell is going on here. (laughs) Another Um, animal control mission, basically. (laughs) exactly exactly um and so that's basically the plot of our episode so i guess the best way to start is what are your overall thoughts on the episode Ooh, um this this is going to be a more rough one for me i think because my overall thoughts Mm -hmm. were if this was the first episode which i could kind of see it almost being the first episode is just sort of like setting the scene and and having them on an adventure i don't know what i would think of the rest of the series because it has a lot of to me pointless grossness um mm. and you know just there there's vomiting there's eating poop there's just yeah um and i know they're that's probably one of the reasons i really can't watch rick and morty although know everybody's told me mm-hmm. i need to watch it and that i'd love it um it's just something it about gets that. less it gets i wouldn't want to say less gross but more intent intentional with this grossness in later yeah. seasons of that show but i hear what you're yeah. saying on this yeah and this show and this didn't like i wouldn't be like oh my god i'm never gonna watch the show again or i'm throwing up or something like that it just it was just like ew why did we have to yeah. see that <laughs> um yeah so it just it, it felt the episode felt slightly unfocused i guess is what i was would say it's like that's n- normally yeah. when you and i go like okay well i'll take you know, you'll you'll take this plot. I'll do this one. You'll do that one. But they go back and forth between each other so much that it feels like they can't stay with the scene for more than two seconds. And that's a weird com- comment to make about lower decks because it is so rapid fire. But this just felt like, yeah. okay, pick something, stay there. <laughs> yeah, I I would have to agree with you. For so on one hand, I, the grossness doesn't bother me, and yeah, actually the the gross scene in this bit, uh, I was I was I was fine with. And actually, so we're talking about there's a scene just to bring it up here since yes. we're kind of touching yeah. on it. There's that scene where the Mugatos just bone each other in one. Oh, that didn't. And, and honestly, that didn't bother me because that's like okay, oh whatever. Okay. No, that's I mean, cause oh that's, okay. They didn't. There was that well, felt Gene Roddenberry's vision. Like yeah, that yeah felt very like much. Gene Roddenberry's sex vision <laughs> <laughs> to me. I had no problem with that. Yeah, no, because to me it's like but, that's not. There wasn't anything explicit. It was the concept of it, and I guess if you are more prudish and that is is quote unquote gross to you, I think I was more of the physical, like literally, like you know, Boimler gets socked in the gut by Mariner playing mm. um, uh, uh, Jitsu oh, and, yeah, th- and, and throws up green green vomit somehow. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. like that was just like ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, none of that stuff, honestly, none of that stuff really bothered me. I think the criticism that I, I, I will, I will sort of uh, back you up, though. This is probably, this might be my least favorite episode of the show overall, mm. just hands down. And I, I, yeah. I feel sad about saying that, but I really just did not love this episode. And I think the reason is kind of what you're saying is it felt, it felt very unfocused. And the plot, the character arc here with Rutherford and Boimler being worried about Mariner 
basically the whole conceit is like uh, Rutherford and, and, and Boimler start to get this feeling that maybe Mariner might be a secret black, black ops agent and they get this from the bartender. Otis. I hated that. Uh, yeah, Otis. I hated this storyline because it's one of those storylines where it is built around characters not talking to each other and if they mm. had a simple two second conversation which yeah. they do at the episode everything gets resolved right. and so it it's it kind of just goes about this whole thing with Boimler yeah. just having a mis- misconception of Mariner and 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 if they had just stopped to actually ask her about it for two seconds which they had ample opportunity to do none of this would have happened and it's just there to sort of build up this conceit and conflict within the episode and what frustrates me further is that while the whole episode is built around that idea, they actually had a much more compelling arc uh, right there in the episode because when they do, when in that one scene where Mariner gets her foot trapped and the, mm-hmm. the boys have to try and rescue her, she brings up the fact that it's like, oh, you, you guys don't talk to me and, and I don't feel like you're including me and, and I don't feel like I, I, I really can can like be on the same level as you all the time and they sort of feeling like well you're you always beat us up you're always more capable than <laughs> us and we don't feel like we can be we can be on the same level with you which is which right. is something that was shown in yep. the first in the cold open of the episode which i actually think was really really good character building it's like that right there that arc was really strong yeah. and focused on character and if that had been what it built on like Rutherford and, and Boimler uh, come down like they get sent on this mission and they're like we're going to be the ones to try and take charge and trying to stick themselves in front of Mariner and Mariner uh, sort of like and them sort of causing them things like they screw up the mission because they don't get they don't get how to be that kind of person that Mariner is mm-hmm. but they're able to solve it their own way later on that is actually would have been a really strong character arc that is there in the episode but it eschews that in 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 for this more kind of misconception plot. Well, yeah, and what I was related to that, and it, this is what I am instantly thought of, is that Lower Decks is a great comedy, and it uses tropes of other shows and other time periods and stuff, but puts it together in a 21st century kind of way. This feels like mm-hmm. it could have been a plot from any 1980s sitcom. Yep. As far yeah, as exactly. the whole misconception thing, it's like, oh no, you know, we think that our our mom's actually a secret agent, and they don't, you know, or something dumb like that. Um, uh, I'm gonna yeah. take that out, but yeah. So I think that it, it was, like you said, it was lazy in that sense. Um, I don't want to. It, it's weird. It's hard when you like actually know what it takes to put a TV show together, and then you say, oh, that person was lazy. It's like you don't want to do that, but at the same time, it's yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm not here to hate. I'm yeah. not here to hate on the like. I mean, I, I know sometimes the writers listen to to our stuff, so I'm not mm-hmm. here to hate on them. And I'm not seeing here like they're oh, awful yeah, no. um, or anything like that. My, I guess my point more is I'm used to lower decks being exceptional, tightly written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it feels like they do ten episodes a season and they work really, really hard. You can see it in every single episode that yes. while this show only is twenty minutes, they use every second of that twenty mm-hmm. minutes to their fullest. And this episode. Felt if this long. episode was like, yeah, if, if this episode was part of like a 20 episode show where we got 20 episodes a season mm-hmm. and it, it got to be, it's like this would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. But for a show that I'm just so used to being 
really concise, condensed, really just making every moment count mm-hmm. to its fullest. This one didn't feel like it was doing that as strongly. And it's frustrating because I could see clearly where the episode could have been just a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And and so that's, I think, what lends it, makes this one a little bit more frustrating to me. Just because I just, I, I feel like if this one had baked in the oven, just a little bit longer, in my opinion. I yeah. feel like the, this this could have been a really, really strong episode. But as it is, it comes up. And, and I don't want to say this is this is something that I should say. Like this is my least favorite episode of Lower Decks so far. At least, just sort of my initial feelings mm-hmm. on it. Just sort of looking at it. The worst episode of Lower Decks is still a good episode compared to everything else. So I don't want to hate yes. on this too harshly. No, like, no, no. This I agree. is solid fun. I enjoy the stuff that's yes. here. And there's some really it, good it does fun not feel stuff as inside tight. there. And also. There's a lot of emotional beats that are stuck inside of that story that might have been a little bit more traditional, but at least we're now we're exploring characters where in some other show that might not be that they could just end up in the same place they were when they when they were done with the show. These these mm-hmm. they've learned something about each other at this point at least and it's not reset, I'm assuming, in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. It's like uh, this is something we were praising. I've been praising this entire season and while I've not been in while I've been a little bit critical of the the physical stakes of the show, I think mm-hmm. like the show has done such a great job of an emotional follow through with these characters. And I yeah. feel like this episode had the capability, as I said before, there there is a kernel of a really strong emotional arc for Rutherford and Boimler and Mariner's relationship here, but ultimately it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Um, uh, of this sort of like other plot that feels a little bit yeah. weaker and a little bit more misdirecting. What I do appreciate is that it was actually a Boimler uh, Rutherford mm. combo. It was like it was their her relationship with the group as opposed to her relationship with Boimler or one specific yes. person. It was like this is how everyone perceives me, and this is these are why I'm putting these walls up because. People are, you know, either people are jerks and I just don't want them around me, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, I, this is just like, you should know better. You're my friends. So. Exactly. I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I 100% agree with you on that front. That And also uh, getting uh, Rutherford and Boimler some um, some together time. Yeah. Kind of like similar to what Tendi and uh, Mariner got last episode. Exactly. Yeah. I love when they think, you guys get to be the badasses. <laughs> you, yeah, like, yeah. I wrote down it was the... Uh, Oh shoot! I called it the uh, cost-benefit analysis canon. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that part of the episode, I will say, I loved yeah. that, like, set up and payoff of the the compromise in the game <laughs> and them setting up the the Ferengi. Uh, the I also like that we get the, ex- the difference between like last outpost Ferengi and <laughs> yeah. like the different Ferengi. Okay, so w- that was the one like where my brain goes, I'm gonna jump out of continuity now. It's like, okay, the last outpost is the name of an episode in TNG. It wasn't a thing in the the show. It wasn't it was like it's it was out external to the Star Trek world. Where did she get that? Where did the last outpost come from? I I did listen to there was a podcast with uh, I think it was the Seventh Rule podcast I listened mm-hmm. to with um, Mike McMahon where he said he actually called that out. Uh, this was actually before this episode came out, but I think oh. he was talking about in season one where he said the one time that we break we feel like we somewhat break canon within Star Trek is when we reference titles of episodes. Like there's the one guy in season uh, season one where he says I'm half a rascal, yeah. which is mm-hmm. a reference and his, his explanation is like yes that is 
breaking canon, but the way we sort of make it work is we say that, like, in-universe, people would name the logs or the story, like, the, the things that they learn the okay. same name as the episodes of the show. It's yeah. not especially stated, but that's how they sort of, like, okay. smooth over the yeah. fact that they're able to do that. It, it, it was really not that big of a deal, but my brain was like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, it's, a, it's a clever way to do it, so. Yeah. I love her phrase, like, those two beautiful nerdy men are negotiating us to safety using the power of math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very st- And then was, I heard was, Tilly was... in my head, like, that's the power of math, people. Math people, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, th- I will say that conclusion, I think, really worked for me. I thought that yes. was, uh, that, that felt very Star trek and Like, they just very. used the power of math and, like, mm-hmm. uh, on Ferengi's own cultural terms <laughs> yeah. in, order to, mm-hmm. in order to get them to do the right thing. Yeah. I, I, no, it was great. And the fact that the Ferengi kind of went along with it and it almost felt like they they were happy to have an excuse not to be the last outpost Ferengis. You know, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, this yeah, sort of yeah. gives us license to be better than we than we have been. And I know that wasn't mm. probably – that's me reading into it more, but it feels like that's kind of what was great about Starfleet and when they're, when they're good and when they have – interactions with people is that they allow allow people to be their best selves mm-hmm. exactly i i think that really worked for me um mm-hmm. that was all really funny uh the other thing too that i should mention kind of on the negative side before i uh talk about some positives mm-hmm. um i i also didn't like the whole conceit with like mariners sucking out the blood <laughs> of shacks yeah and I hated that because it was so obvious what it was. Again, uh-huh. it was in that fin and that misconceit sort of yep. thing where it was like, clearly she's sucking out the blood to save his life. Like, mm-hmm. she's not trying to kill Shax <laughs> right. randomly in this episode. And and it just feels... Though killing Shax immediately after... <laughs> though, to be fair, killing off Shax the episode after it comes back would have... I would have thought that would have been kind of funny. Yes. But, I mean, we um, had talked about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, no. It was just clear, mm-hmm. like, setting up more of that misconceit, sort of them sort of not talking to each other thing, which yeah. frustrated me. Um, the the other thing too sorry i'm just gonna i'm just gonna roll on a couple negatives sure. here just because i let's get, get those out of the way and then we'll the way. talk about the fun stuff yeah um two more negatives that i had one is shacks being back he's leading the away team which still leads to this question of where's Kayshawn. And yeah it feels disappointing that we introduced this interesting character and now he just seems to be completely forgotten. he was I doing know if he, we see it. no we do he, he was doing um uh karate or or whatever the klingon probably moves are against um uh, uh, Jet, when when oh, Tandy yeah, was right, looking right. for uh, getting everybody's medical scans, which we haven't talked about yet. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, which that that storyline I actually really liked. Um, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in the positives, but yeah. So it's just it's just sort of like the sidelining of this new interesting character in effort of this this return of this character who. Yeah. Um, honestly, like like I said, I like Shax, but I would have preferred him to stay dead, and so I feel like it's it's a little bit disappointing that we. We're sort of losing time with a character that I would have really liked to a chance to explore more, which hopefully we will. Yeah, I mean, definitely. there's more episodes this season and, and, and another season after that, at least, um, that we may get to explore him. But it is saddening that this character who I feel like we were done with is sort of taking time away from a character that I want to get to know. Well, so it's, I wonder what he has, what his role is now, because when we, Boimler was duplicated, they didn't let him hang around. He had to go back to the Cerritos. So, like, what happens when, mm-hmm. like, oh, our you know, our chief um, security officer is back from the dead. We don't need you now. Are you just going to hang around? Like, I, I don't know what his, his role is now either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, that that's frustrating. Um, and then the only other, like, major negative that I really had was, um, and it's not really a negative. It was just more like, 
huh? <laughs> um, we were talking before this was the Patinky character. Oh, yeah. Which I there's that so they run into the the like this archaeologist dude who's like gonna help them out and it just feels so random, not really following the plot. Like it just sort of like oh we have two or three extra minutes that we're just gonna toss this extra dude in here and just exist. And he doesn't feel like like you and I were talking before we started recording because I was like asking him like I'm sitting like I have a fairly encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek and I'm sitting here being like. Who is this guy a reference to something? I think he's is this an a external reference. Of something? I think he's supposed to be like a Steve Irwin, uh, you know, crocodile hunter uh, guy type person because he's yeah, he's a which... um, what is it? He's a Tellerites uh, with a you know Australian accent. So that's where you can that's where my brain went to like okay anthropologist or whatever who's been you know in the bush and blah blah blah. And it's like that's another thing. Like that doesn't feels really very have a lot of too. qualifications. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like it's it, it wasn't like bad. I just I didn't find it all that funny. Well, you and knew I, he was gonna I, die in felt, two seconds. I mean, that's like okay. Yeah, it just it just sort of felt like it was there, wasn't really commenting on anything, and it, it sort of like again, it doesn't yeah. feel as tight as lower decks typically is. Yeah, um, it just felt sort of like superfluous. Which I, there, I, I looking at every other episode of Lower Decks. One thing I can almost never say about any element of a plot is there's superfluous stuff, and that just felt yeah. superfluous. You could have taken that time and put it in towards making what uh, they were going through with uh, Mariner, Mariner, like being a little bit more, more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Fleshed out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's those are or, my negatives. Or Tendi um, for this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the, I think those are my negatives on, on that side of things. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think I, the same with, yeah. uh, I kind of think I, I parallel you. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I think some positives though, yes. like I said, I, I know some, I'm sure some people who might be a little bit more prudish might think the Mugato Gumado yeah, okay. sex scene was, was funny, yeah. but I thought it was, I thought I, I kind of found it kind of funny. Yeah, and the um, fact that there was somebody watching, it's like, ooh, even the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this one just wants to watch. Yeah. <laughs> very that one felt very in line with Gene Roddenberry's vision. <laughs> um but uh I will say the Tendi plot I thought was was really fun. Yes, I, 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 I actually really everything with Tendi's plot was was great. It was kind of making fun of the this trope that like no one on Starfleet ships <laughs> apparently wants to do their freaking medical thing, even though it's just a simple scan. Yeah. <laughs> Which like it, it during like, that's t- a trope going back to the original series. Yeah, yeah. Like in the motion picture, those belt buckles that they have were supposed to be like personal scanners and stuff. So in theory, if that they don't even really even need the to have like them come to medical, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember there's like there's an episode of the original series where McCoy's just going after. I think it was like what is it the Corbinite? Is it the Corbinite maneuver? I forget. I forget there's an episode be. where where Kirk, Kirk is basically like I don't want to do mm-hmm. I don't want to do my uh, medical examination. McCoy's like, all right, Jim, you need to go do it, and he just it, it's just like a two second thing. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a that's a good trope going all the way back to the original series. And so. I loved her just her little uh, side whenever they show her doing the scan, like when she was on the holodeck and she was hang gliding over Lundy and that girl who were doing like, you know, surfing and just yeah. like flies over and scans him. And he's like, Whoa, and falls into the water. And that was great. I mean, there's, there's gotta be some questions. I mean, I guess they're in the military. So I guess there's slightly different ethics, but I, this does raise the question of what the medical ethics of scanning people without their permission uh-huh. is. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's slightly different in Starfleet where you're kind of uh, required to yeah. by your job. So I, I think the question's not totally moot, but um, but it's sort of an interesting, like, I wonder what the ethics of this are. <laughs> well, 
Well, then she talked about uh, uh, Dr. Ta'ana said that, you know, oh, some people don't like being reduced to a set of numbers. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's why they maybe are avoiding it. And like, that's interesting. Like, yeah, that's, especially because if you transport, you are definitely <laughs> converted to a set of numbers. Yep, yep, yep. I also loved uh, the chase sequence with Doctor Tana yeah. through the, the, the yeah. that was hilarious, and that Tendi <laughs> Tendi gets her by literally breaking her well, arm see, or whatever, or her leg or whatever it was. And that's where the, it was interesting. It's like that was predictable, but hilarious and well done. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. the predictability of the of the whole like oh she's not a super agent or you know whatever it's like that okay it's just I don't know yeah that felt well well because I think the difference is like. With that, with Tendi's storyline, the whole storyline, like, I kind of figured it was going to be Dr. Tano was the last yeah, person. Yeah. Like, that felt obvious, but it, it felt set up, and it felt natural to the characters. It felt like it was set up and paid off fairly well um, within the episode and, and sort of naturally paid off. And so, yeah, it's not the most surprising storyline of all right. time, but it feels, it feels, feels satisfying and feels character driven. Exactly. Um, and we learned, and we learned something, and we learned something that we didn't know about both of these characters that Tendi, wa- like, Tendi wants to try and impress people, mm-hmm. but she will also go as far as she needs to to get the job done. That tells us something about her character. So while it's predictable, it teaches us about her character. Give me 22 cc's of space, people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, s- same thing with same thing with Doctor Tana. Yeah. We learn about her character in a in a satisfying way that mm-hmm. pays off the arc that's here. The stuff with Mar- uh, Mariner Boimler and Rutherford, the whole thing where they're just they just don't talk to her. Yeah. That that does not feel like it flows naturally out of the characters because I feel like the natural thing would have been like they would have gone up to her and said, Yeah. Hey are you are you yeah. a secret agent or would have mentioned it like when they have those several opportunities <laughs> to throughout the episode yeah um and so i i feel like it doesn't naturally flow it feels frustrating mm-hmm. and and so while that storyline was predictable it does not feel like it naturally flows and feels as satisfying as the the tendy one even though they're both ad, probably just as predictable as each other yeah definitely i love when uh dr tiana is like going down the hallway and she's like bad dr tiana bad yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just give me all the cat jokes yeah. of Dr. Donna yeah. I'm here for. Him. <laughs> there is a, and I don't remember the name of it now. It's a, it's a Discovery Era book, I believe, um, for, I, I believe it was set in the 23rd century. But they're talking about Cations and how they're like, they take advantage of the fact that people, humans especially, think of them as cats even though they are not mm. so they'll use that to the advantage of like oh i can be cute i can purr I can do all this stuff that they think as a cute cat thing and then it gets me what i want but they're like you know mm. we, we really aren't cats you realize that right <laughs> kind of a thing is it was that um it was the die standing yes was that's it what the, it, the, the 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 emperor's mm-hmm. Giorgio one yep because yeah, we saw a, the cation in both universes Yep, yep. The Die yeah. Standing by uh, John Jackson Miller. That very, was very, very good book. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that one, yeah. John Jackson Miller, uh, speaking of that, the, his recently, this is a no sidetrack, but he just released uh, another one, Star Trek Picard, Rogue Elements. It's Element, so good. Rios. It's excellent. Yes. I just, I recorded my review a day or so ago. It's probably going to go up next week or something. Oh, that, good. It's, that book is excellent. That yes. is a, a masterpiece. He he really nailed that book. And I love the the going back to something from TOS, which I won't spoil it for anybody, but it, it works so well. To see, like, oh, yes, that totally makes sense that that would be the evolution of this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I 100% agree. So, 
that, that yeah. this vague posting there, vague vague comment. Yeah. The without without going to the the holodeck piece is yes. what you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, that yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah is excellent. Yeah yeah. If, if listeners go, if you're a Star Trek, even if you're not a Star Trek card <laughs> fan, to be kind of honest with you, the yeah. the Rios novel um, that just came out, Rogue Elements and John Jack Miller, excellent excellent uh, book. It also um, made me like the, like the ship. Like before, it's mm, like it just like felt sort of like yeah. The the La Serena was sort of like eh, it's just a cargo ship and it's kind of got a cool outside. Um, but it never felt like an enterprise or oh, a place defiant. Yeah. yeah play. This I'm like, Oh my God, how, if all of this information could be put into the show somehow, that would be fantastic because that has filled it out for me. So now at least when I watch Picard, I will have all that in back, back my head. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. Um, though I will say considering the fact that we are kind of, uh, getting off sidetrack here yeah, from lower sorry. decks, I feel like that probably, no, no, no. I think that probably is indicative. Like, I think we're kind of wrapping out our discussion here. So, yeah. um, I want to ask, is there anything more about this episode that you want to mention? Or Yeah, there's a couple, like, throw, uh, like, references and stuff that I think were kind of fun. Uh, we saw Denoblins, Denoblins, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And they, Never they puffed up? Yes. They did the puff up? Yep. That was great. Uh, and they were talking about Ractagino, and it's like, she's like, oh, I've tried human coffee. It's just, it's too weak, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, in the bar, I don't know if anybody noticed that, there's a Kazinti in Starfleet. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, in the background, uh, wandering around uh, when um, we first see uh, Boimler and, and Rutherford. And, and and Otis, who's looking for some Pepperidge Farm cookies. That was. I don't understand that accent. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a choice. It was a choice. I want that diplomat game, though. I think that could be kind of fun <laughs> to convert. To yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So they were. And the whole point of it is to like both be disappointed by the end. <laughs> I I don't remember who who it was, but it was like in a I want to say third or fourth grade. There was a teacher that basically said if if everybody is mildly unhappy at the end of some whatever it is, you've probably all succeeded, and so that has stuck in my mm-hmm. head for decades and so when i saw that i'm like oh my gosh this is a game created by my third grade teacher <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah i've heard i think my teacher said something similar about that um yeah so yeah i think uh uh i think i think like i said i think my final thoughts on it are just yeah. sort of overall thoughts is i like i said this is probably my least favorite episode of lower decks so far i found it to be a little bit more unfocused and and less um tightly written as other episodes of lower decks have been but that being said the worst episode of lower decks is still a solid episode of television so i enjoyed it i didn't love it but i still enjoyed it uh but i I do have um sort of larger critiques on it but there's one small subplot that we didn't really discuss was the uh the guy who was on the planet trying to buy uh uh, gorn horns (laughs) oh the the magatu horns who takes off and you know the cerritos is like oh hey hello what are you doing and uh he says uh you know he was just what did he say uh you know they ask him a question or he goes like uh i'm not answering not interested <laughs> just like just yep, the way he said yep. that was just weird um but so basically no, he's that, pulling that a was... scam that like the same way that people do on freeways in los angeles it's just basically the car breaks down and then they blame you for for an accident or something this is basically his ship explodes and they blame the cerritos and she's like the person who was tractoring the ship in it's like i used the lowest tractor factor that's <laughs> great um yeah yep. but yeah so they he basically was blackmailing them into giving him a shuttle and a bunch of crap from all the stuff from uh, the ready room and the captains you know and it turns out that this is actually a scam that he's been pulling because we hear from uh, her uh, the captain's husband the admiral um, 
basically saying that, hey, just be on the lookout that this is happening. Oh, yeah, I, I totally keep an eye out. And then they stop him and uh, basically say, you know what? You're going to do some good. And they give they make him do public service back on the planet, basically uh, setting up for the preserve. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a clever episode. I think two things with that. I think one that just is kind of funny because it makes sense. Like Starfleet ships blow up other people's ships all the time. And it feels yeah. like, yeah, just just give them a shuttle. We have a billion of but those. Can we whatever. do that? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was good. And then I also think there's an interesting, nice little um, uh, service is a nice little arc here because there's there's kind of been the background uh, piece going on here where Captain Freeman is sort of up for a promotion mm-hmm. kind of. Yep. Um, and so I think that this sort of is feeding into that arc a little bit. So it, it kind of is a nice little uh, piece of like Captain Freeman trying to appear her best to the yeah. higher echelon of Starfleet, which I think is kind or at of least uh, just a nice her, little continuity her, piece. Uh, what is it? Her the her reputation. Her reputation. At least. Yeah. 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 So I think that, that it's a short little aside thing, but I think it that it worked because it was like a nice little meta commentary yeah. on some like conceits within Star Trek while also furthering uh, sort of a background arc we have going on with Freeman. So it's yeah, like the second I, I time in a row. Solid. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that they're really um, without without knowing too far ahead. I think we, I've only seen one more episode after this point because of yeah. the screeners that we have. Uh, but right. beyond that, I really think that that'll probably be. I can see that sort of being like where where the end of the season is going is going yeah. is something with uh, Captain Freeman sort of getting a promotion or not. I'm going to assume after next the next uh, episode that we'll just be getting them one at a time and not in a bunch of mm-hmm. five <laughs> probably. And we'll see. Yeah, we we got a whole bunch listeners. Yeah, we we at the beginning of the season before before all of you got to see the episodes, we got five episodes at once, which was nice. But it was sort of like, oh gosh, we kind of have to sit on these for forever. Yeah, part of me didn't want to. I mean, I did sort of meter them out because it's like I don't want to be that far ahead of everybody. It was just like mm-hmm. you know, I want to, enough that we can record comfortably and not have to worry about scrambling. But at the same time. It's just like I, I kind of enjoy that, like being as surprised as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. But for, uh, first world problems, like oh, I've got <laughs> exactly. too many episodes too early. Oh, that was me. No, I, yeah, that that does sound a little bit like bragging. That was not that was not what that was meant to. No, be. no, 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 no. I don't, th- I don't think that's what you you were you were just being honest about your fans. No. I wasn't saying it was bragging, but it was also sort of it's also just a funny problem. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's a lucky I, problem to have. I think when it's interesting too, when you're like in the creative world, like I've worked on projects where I have to know information ahead of time because I'm working on a design Mm -hmm. or whatever. And there are times where it's just like, I don't want to know this at the same time. (laughs) It's like I was doing comic book covers for the Star Trek Green Lantern. And it's just like, Oh, now I know the plot. Okay. It's like, I don't get to be as surprised as everybody just reading through it. So yeah, yeah I, I had a similar thing. I was working at The Advocate, um, the LGBTQ magazine, when uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery Season 1 was coming out. And so we uh, we did, like, a big cover story on Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz being the first, like, explicitly gay couple in Star Trek main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, we got a few episodes ahead. And so we had just done that cover, and it was, like, this big celebration of that. And then uh, we got the episode where it was, like, oh, he dies, and <laughs> where Culber dies. And you're, like... Wow, so uh, we just did this whole cover, and uh, now they're doing a barrier gay storyline, so we just kind of have to stay quiet about it, but very pissed off. So, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. no, totally. So, yeah, so, yeah I, I mean, this this episode definitely taught us that, you know, capitalism is the answer to all of our problems. <laughs> they <laughs> the start the animals. Star Trek way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and to, to uh, you know, bring that into the real world, we're sponsored by fan sets. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you can get a discount on buying lots of stuff. So don't do that. <laughs> now, there are some great pins and uh, like just cool things from other series, which I really enjoyed. There's um, a lot mm. of uh, Irwin Allen. So there's like Time Tunnel and Land of the Giants. Uh, things that I grew up as with a, uh, as a little kid. Uh, there's Batman. There's all you know, basically DC Comics. Um, but they have a whole new set of pins, and I believe that um, Noah Averback Katz just did a, a a stream where he was showing some of the stuff that they either are coming out soon or that they gave him. Um, Noah Averback Katz so, being the um, who played oh, yes. uh, the Andorian Rin in Star Trek Discovery. Correct. Uh, just for folks who don't know, and is yes. also a wonderful human being and big Trekkie himself. And Anyways, he will sorry. be on uh, Infinite Trek when we actually, now that you and I are well, uh, we'll be able to reschedule <laughs> that. sick and dying. <laughs> yes. We're going to do a uh, roundtable about headcanon, which will be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, and he's going to join mm-hmm. us. Uh, he's got some really interesting awesome. headcanon ideas about Tilly. So I can't wait to yes, hear that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it should be fun. But yeah, so if um, you would like to get, uh, you know, a little discount on your your order at Fansets. Uh, put in the code DRAWN, all one word, all caps, uh, and you'll get 10% off anything that you order. And like I, I will say, I do not approve of capitalism, but if we <laughs> exist in a capitalist world, spend your money on pins. And I and I get money, get, get, uh, get a discount on them at the same time. Exactly. Beat capitalism. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is that's how that works, right? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's how that works. Yeah, we're beating capitalism with promos. That I I think I think it's, it totally makes sense. <laughs> sure. Uh but seriously, <laughs> yeah, fan no. fan sets, seriously. I, I I do think they make good stuff. So yeah. I I fully fully support And I like them, the so. fact that they are actually literally our fans. These aren't people who are just like I'm just cranking mm-hmm. out stuff because this is what the kids like now or whatever. <laughs> it's just like these people are are fans of pretty much everything that they bring to it. So I think that's where they're their the energy to do these things comes from which is great yep i ten thousand percent agree cool so uh that sounds like we're probably wrapping up at this point i can't i can't think of anything else to yeah to go to um yeah you want to just promote anything you you want to promote yeah well just make sure that you know because we're still we're only on episode six i believe so if you get a chance if you could go to itunes and give us a review and ratings that would definitely help uh do it yeah and then um like we were saying before infinite trek which is uh our monthly roundtable podcast that wasn't quite as monthly because people were ill and then there was convention uh stuff happening um we're going to be doing that rescheduled in the next couple weeks to uh to talk about headcanon and then we'll basically pick a new topic every month. And I'm guessing that by the time we get into the next month, we might talk about prodigy because prodigy just released their, um, their new their, their their intro opening, which looks gorgeous. A, yeah. Yeah. And Darren and I will be talking about that. Darren Moser is going to be the, uh, co-host for prodigy. Um, but that should be coming up. I like guessing at the end of the run of, uh, my yeah, it's probably probably would come out some point very soon after Lower Decks. Yeah. My if I if I had to play, they yeah. haven't announced yet, but I would place I would place bets on it. So. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Geek Filter. And I did not do an Easter egg um, list for the last episode, but uh, for the next episode, I'm going to do a list. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, for me, you can follow me at Jesse Gender on YouTube, Twitter, all those fun things. My YouTube channel is where I do my sort of video essay format talking about social and political issues through nerddoms and geekdoms, mainly LGBTQ and trans issues, but not exclusively, um, and mainly Star Trek, but also not exclusively. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of my main stuff. And I also have another podcast you can listen to called What the Frell, which is a yes. Farscape rewatch podcast that I do with the wonderful Council of Geeks, another LGBTQ uh, YouTuber. Um, and that's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, that's that's my stuff. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. I love Farscape. Yeah, Farscape's great. Uh, we're, we're near – we just finished season three uh, of, of the show, and now oh, wow. we're getting into the final season of the show, which I'm kind of sad about. Yeah. But we, we do have plans. There is there is a plan okay. to continue after after What the Frell is done with a different show that we, we're not going to spoil. Just Where we just watch them backwards. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just go from the end and go right back to the beginning. No, no, we're going we're gonna to do – we're gonna keep the we're gonna keep the podcast going cool. with a different science fiction show, but I won't. Ah, it okay. We're gonna reveal it later on. So what the frack? No. <laughs> Just going through <laughs> that different. Was the... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there is a plan. Ah. I should. Say. Oh, yeah. has it happened yeah. before, and will it happen again? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't right. say anything. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much. This was I. You know, as as much as the episode was kind of like, eh, it, this was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, like I said, the episode like I said, it, better than any other show but probably a week the weakest episode of Lower Decks uh so far, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you very much and uh I guess a lot of things I think the only thing left to say is live long and prosper. Cool. Did Sweet. you want to say live long and prosper or do you oh. No, no, no. Okay. It's just you. It's just you. Just me. And leave okay. this in, in the podcast. Just in the podcast. I'm gonna leave you hanging. I'm no. gonna leave you hanging. <laughs> uh, I think awkwardness must be our our brand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My brand is my brand is Star Trek transness and awkwardness. That's basically it. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Live long and prosper. Don't you give me that sarcastic Vulcan salute. Coconut! <laughs>